Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining with us. I trust that what we have to say today will be a real encouragement and blessing to you that will help you to understand better some of the things that are going on in the world, that they won't be so frustrating to you, and that uh, when you see these things happening, you'll, especially as Christians, will look up and rejoice that the time of the Lord's coming is near. So what we're going to do today is talk about the parable of the uh, wheat and of the tares. And so I'm going to read the parable, and then we're going to talk about the interpretation of it. You know, the Bible is very relevant. Some people would like for you to think that, uh, well, that Bible was written thousands of years ago, and it's not appropriate for us today. Uh, we're in a different day, we're in a different age, but uh, the truth of the matter is the Bible is always as relevant as the newspaper that you read or the what you hear on television or over the Internet. It's very relevant for our day and very much something that we need to understand. The, it gives us understanding of things that, would be a riddle to us otherwise, and uh, because they're a riddle, sometimes they riddle us, don't they? They just uh, make us wonder what's going on anyway in this world. Well, we don't have to be ignorant of these things because God has already warned us of some of the things that are happening today and a long history. Um, it's all there. So... I'm going to read the parable, and it's in Matthew 13, and starts at verse 24. And it says, Another parable put he forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares amongst the wheat. And went his way. But when the blades was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did not you sow good seed in your field? From where then has it tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Will you then that we go and gather them up? But he said, No, Let, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather together first the tares and bind 
them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So that's the parable. Now, most of us would not know what that's talking about unless it was interpreted. The Lord does not want us to be in the dark on what he says. He wants us to understand clearly what the message is that he wants to give to us. That's the reason that he calls people to preach. He calls them to go out and evangelize. He tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and and gives us instructions on just how to do it because he wants us to understand. And so this particular parable, he in he told exactly what it meant, word for word. A lot of times parables, you can't go word for word and and come up with a meaning. You had to come up with a general meaning. But a lot of the time it it does have a meaning for every part of it. This parable does. So uh, he gives the meaning of it in Matthew 13 and verse 37, starting at verse 37. And... Uh, Think about it for a while. If you were to try to think about what this parable meant, maybe you could come up with a lot of things. And people don't understand the Bible sometimes, and so they come up with some pretty wild answers. But the Lord doesn't want us to do that either. He wants us to know the truth, because it's the truth that's going to set us free. And the reason why we're in so much bondage is because we've been listening to too many lies. So we need to find out what the truth is. And when we find the truth, it makes an awful lot of difference in our lives. If we're chasing after lies, after fables, after things that really are imagination of people's hearts and of their minds, then uh, we're going to find ourselves in trouble because every once in a while the reality is going to hit us right in the face and we're not going to know exactly what to do with it. So we need to find out what the reality of things are. And we're going to be talking about some of these things as we go along. But the the uh, interpretation of the parable goes like this. He said, He that sows a good seed is the Son of Man. And Jesus many times referred to him Self as the Son of Man, as the Son of God, because Jesus is perfect God and perfect man. Jesus is the only one in the world, in the universe, that could ever say that he was perfect God and perfect man. And he references to this several times as we look at the uh, Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are considered the Gospels in the Bible, which are the first uh, four books of the New Testament. But he calls himself the Son of Man because he identifies with man. He is he understands our infirmities. He understands what we're going through because he has done the same. He came as much of a man as anyone. We see him going to sleep. He gets tired and and uh, 
various things like that that would prove that he was man. But also he does some things that we realize that, that man could not do. People are limited on what they can do. But God is not limited. There is nothing impossible with the God of the Bible. There so many people think that, uh, you know, that, that God is limited. He can't do anything. He won't do anything or he doesn't even exist to do anything. But uh, Jesus was upon this earth. And there's more history about Jesus than there is about Julius Caesar. And so we we know that Jesus did walk upon this earth just the way that the Bible tells us that he did. And he is the good one that sows the good seed. He tells the truth. He is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life for every one of us. And so he's the one that we ought to be listening to. He's the one that's sowing the good seed in the field. And so he says the field is the world. The field is the people that is around us. Uh, It's earth. And the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The good seed are the Christians are the ones that are real Christian. There's so much today that's passed off as Christianity that uh, it's hard to tell the difference. But there is a real people that do love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and love their neighbor as their self. And these are the ones that he's talking about that are the children of the kingdom. Jesus is the king. And so, therefore, he has a kingdom, and he has children. We've been born again. We've been made new creatures in Christ. And so, he's the one that puts the children in the world that are his children. And so, we're the wheat. We're referred to in the Bible as the wheat. And then he goes on to say the tares are the children of the wicked one. So we we see that the terrors are the people that are children of the devil, that are doing the devil's business. So we have two groups in the world. Some of them are doing God's will. They're uh, doing their best to help people to find God, to love God, to serve God, to to uh, understand him, to know him in a personal and real way, and then there are the wicked ones that are doing everything they can to root out the Christians, to uh, make them look bad, and to uh, give them a bad name or whatever. So we have the two that are beside of each other. Both of them are in the world. And, you know, some people think that Christians are kind of uh, out of it that they don't know what's going on in the world. There's a lot of things that I don't know because I don't have time to think about it. And uh, I don't really know an awful lot about who won the 
World Series 10 years ago and things like that. But what difference does it make? And But uh, they think that the children of God, the children of the kingdom, are somewhere spaced out. But we know exactly what's going on. And uh, we're not uh, confused as to what's happening. And so as we come to our first uh, break, we'll come back soon. And my name is Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. We're talking about the parable of the tares and of the wheat this morning. And uh, I, it's so important that we understand things from God's perspective. We, we have, you know, people that are trying to lord it over us and trying to tell us uh, every little move that we should make from the kind of light bulbs that we should be having in our home to to almost uh, checking us out to see how many times we go to the, the bathroom and what have you. And so we we need to realize that there is a way that God wants us to live and that way is always the best and and we have a undercurrent and we have a, a backwind that would uh, blow against some of these things and if we're not careful we'll be brought into them and wonder how we got there. So it's very important that we realize things from God's perspective because that is really the real way. Jesus is the truth and he gives us the truth. We're Otherwise we're throw in a lot of things that are not the truth at all. And if they're not the truth, then you know they're a lie. But we're talking about the the different people here, the the good wheat, uh, the good seed, are the children of the kingdom, they're God's people. And then we're talking about the tares or the weeds. That's what the tares would be. The thing about tares, they look a lot like wheat until the fruit comes. And there's a lot of people who are are uh, looking really good until they start producing fruit. And you can, the Bible has told us over and over again that you can tell people by their fruit. What kind of fruit are they giving? Is it the kind that's uh, degrading people or is it lifting them up? Is it the kind that, that gives us joy unspeakable and full of glory? Is it the kind of of a thing that uh, gives us a peace that the world can't give and the world can't take away? Does it give us a love that will help us even to love our enemies? And that's the Christian way. But the uh, other way is is uh, do, do it to him before he does it to you. And, and this kind of an attitude. And we have so much of that. But uh, the, the Bible tells us here in, in the interpretation of this parable that the one that sows the tares is the devil. Just comes right right clear and tells you 
that this is the devil. Now, a lot of people think that the devil doesn't exist, that uh, this is all in our imagination. But my question is, if the devil doesn't exist, who's doing his business? Who is it that's doing all this wickedness around it? Is it that people are so wicked that uh, they can do it without the devil's help? The truth is that that could be the case, and that uh, our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and our minds and consciences are defiled. But the devil is the one that that stirs up these things and uh, wants people to deny that God exists and or that the Bible is irrelevant or whatever and uh, has confusion. The devil is the author of confusion. God is not. Anytime you see things that are confusing, anytime you see people that are degraded and uh, torn down and, and this kind of a thing, and you see organizations that are doing that, maybe they don't uh, agree with what someone says, and so they're uh, wanting to censor them and, and things like this. Now, there are some times that we need to keep people quiet because they can cause a lot of damage. But there are those that are out there doing good. They should be allowed to do it, and they shouldn't be molested and lied about and everything else. But uh, the one that sows these tares, sows these weeds, sows these destructive things, is the devil himself. And I'll guarantee you the devil does exist. And he's very much alive today. But the thing is, greater is he that's in us and he is of the world. The Lord's bigger than the devil. If we're on God's side, we're on the winning on the winning team. But uh, he says here that that the harvest is the end of the world. And so there is coming a time when Jesus is coming back. And he gives us signs that will show us how close that's going to be. And he says that if you see these things, look up because your redemption draws nigh. And there are a lot of the things that are written in the Bible that would indicate to us that Jesus' coming, his second coming, is soon. He came the first time in uh, a manger. He came as a babe. He came as a harmless little child. But the second time, he's coming as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's coming to judge the wicked and to bless those who have stood by him. So the harvest will come. As sure as I'm sitting here and talking to you today, there is a time that God has that he will return and that all the wicked will be uh, dealt with, as well as those that, that love God, they will also be dealt with. And people will uh, receive according to the deeds that they're doing right now. Everyone will be having to stand before Jesus. No one's going to be able to take a vacation. They're all going to be standing there. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So knowing all this, we and knowing that the harvest has come, and he said the reapers are the angels. So the Lord's going to send out his angels. 
not going to leave it to anyone except the very best to gather. And then he says that the angels are going to gather the tares and gather them into bundles that they might be burned. But he says that this is going to happen at the end of the world. It hasn't happened yet. Some people think they're living in hell now, and and it is pretty terrible for some. But it's nothing compared to what is ahead for those who uh, want to deny God and and uh, throw the Bible away and and not be the children of God that that God wants them to be. It's it's a serious thing to fall into the hands of the living God unprepared. We need to prepare to meet our God. And we need to be prepared all the time because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. But we know that he is returning. And he says that he will gather these tares together and he'll um, they'll be burned. And this will happen at the end of the world. And then he says that the Son of, of Man will send forth these angels and they'll gather them and uh, take them out of his kingdom, all those that offended, uh, and the, all those that, that were practicing iniquity. The Bible has a lot to say about iniquity. That's lawlessness. That's uh, saying I'm going to do it my way, not God's way. Uh, no one can tell me what to do. I'll do it just exactly the way that I think it ought to be. And that that could be pretty dangerous. But he, he says that uh, he's going to gather them out of his kingdom. This world belongs to Jesus. It belongs to God. God never gave it to the devil. And he never gave it to sinful people. This is God's world. And it has been corrupted by the devil who is sowing uh, tares amongst the wheat, which is is God's people. And the truth of the matter is there's more tares than what there are wheat today. That uh, we see today uh, uh, what has always been, really, since that Adam and Eve decided to disobey God back there and brought sin to all of us, that it's it's a, a situation where there's a lot more tares than there are wheat. Because the wheat has been rooted out many times. People go to schools. Children, young people go to some of our schools. And they're really good Christians. And they come out not believing in God at all. Because the teachers have harassed them and harangued them so much that they have uh, chased them out of the safe place that God had them. They come out atheists. And the trouble is that that can even happen in a so-called Christian school. We, And so the, the terrors are always trying to destroy the wheat. They're trying to root it up. And it's a, kind of a dangerous thing, you know, and, and the logical thing would be let's get rid of the terrors uh, so that the wheat can grow properly. But the Lord doesn't want us to do that because if we uh, should try to get rid of the tares, we might get rid of some of the wheat too. They're 
united together. There are people in homes that the father and mother may be really wonderful Christian, but the children decide they'd go the other way. Should we root up those children? I don't think so. We we need to, Jesus in his wisdom, he says, no, don't do that. He said, let them grow together. And the other thing is, there's always a chance. There's always a chance for people that regardless of how sinful and how wicked they are, that they can turn around, they can be children of God. They, they don't have to be terrorists forever. They can be uh, just as well changed as uh, Christians can be led out of their faith and and uh, have faith in the fables of the day and or the those that are practicing iniquity can know their way is not right and they can turn away from that and and become children of God so it isn't something that's that's put in there and there's nothing we can do about it. We've just been predestined to be that way and and uh, regardless of what we do, it'll always be the same. That's not the case at all. So uh, we don't want to root out everyone that doesn't uh, ascribe to the teachings of God's Word. We want to uh, do just the opposite. We want to do everything we can to be a blessing to everyone we can including those that are warring against God and against his word. And uh, that didn't happen on the other side, but it does happen with the Christians. The Christians are told to even love our enemies. And this has been demonstrated in several different ways throughout history. And so he says that, that those terrors, they shall be cast into a furnace of fire. Then... There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this is what happens first. The Lord comes and gathers the terrors out. This is a little different than what some people think. Some people think that we're going to go be raptured out of this world before it really gets bad, that uh, before the tribulation, the big tribulation comes, that, that the Christians are going to be lifted out of it and and they call this uh, pre-tribulation uh, you know they got all kinds of thanks for it but this isn't what the Bible is teaching here it says that the, not the uh, Christians are taken out but the wicked are taken out the Bible refers in Daniel of a little stone that hits the image that great image of uh back over there that Nebuchadnezzar saw and uh, says that it hits the toe of that image, the foot of the image. The image becomes powder and is blown away. And um, then that little stone becomes a great mountain and fills and rules the earth. So what we're seeing in both of these instances is that uh, the... Word of God, the Christian, the way of Christ, is going to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil someday. Not by ourselves, but it's going to be by the power of the Lord. The the, uh, wicked will be 
taken out first. And we see this in an, in other places as well. So we just might, as Christians, go through some harder things than we are right now. Here in America, we've been treated pretty easily. We've, we haven't had to go through an awful lot of persecution because of our Christian faith. If we've been honored and respected uh, for many years, but it's getting to the place where we could have persecution here as well. I think anyone that knows anything about it all can see this coming. But we've read, we've written, I mean, we've read the last chapter, and we know who is going to be the winner. And God has never lost the battle yet, and he most certainly is not going to lose this one. So it's a good idea to be on the winning side, isn't it? And Jesus' way is the winning side. The way of love and grace and all these things will always win out. The, the, that way is, could be a positive way. It brings forth good results. When a person is really living for God and loving him the way that they really should be, then we see that that good results are brought forth. But if we, you know, I went over the, the break, no doubt. I uh, This is uh, Howard Eugene Wright, and uh, this is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Well, we're into talking about some pretty serious things today. And uh, I uh, went over the time, so this segment will be a little shorter. We'll catch up with the, the time that we've got. But, you know, this is pretty serious, and... It has to do not only with time, it has to do with eternity. And we have a short period of time upon this earth, but we have a, a eternal time that never ends. We're not here just for a day. We're not like a, an animal, you know, that, that dies and we bury it, and uh, that's it. But people are eternal beings. That's a part of being made in the image of God is that we are people that uh, will live forever somewhere. And this is pretty, uh, you know, some people don't want to admit this because they know that if there's a God that that really they have to stand before, they wouldn't stand too well. But it's a lot easier, a lot better, that we just realize that there is a God, that we are eternal beings, and that we need to make adjustments in our lives that will make it better for us and better for the people around us. So we were talking about uh, that God is going to make sure that Jesus is going to gather out all those that are offensive to his kingdom. And there are those that are offensive to his kingdom. It's not my way or, and your way. It's, it's God's way. And which way are we going to go? And so 
we can make our own choices, but we can't take and decide what the consequences are going to be because we reap what we sow, don't we? We know that. It, it, you don't have to be a Christian to figure that out. That it is very much the way that it is in this world. That if you sow good things, you'll reap good things. If you sow bad things, you'll reap the, the bad thing. But he says that he gathers all these out and he says uh, that uh, he'll make a difference. And this is indicated many times. Now, some people would like to think that the wicked are just burned up. You know, that God comes and and they're gone, and that's all there is to it. But the Bible doesn't teach that either. It teaches that Christians have eternal life, but it also talks about that sinners, those who have not served the Lord, those that are lawless against God, and it's uh, lawlessness is going against God's laws. And God has built some laws into the universe that, uh, well, if not followed, will cause confusion and, and all kinds of other problems. <clears throat> so, and then he, he says that uh, when that happens, he says that, that uh, the uh, kingdom of God those who are Christians, those who love the Lord, it's going to be an entirely different thing for them. He says that that uh, in that kingdom, there's there's going to be uh, they're going to shine as the brightness of the firmament. The Christians, when all the sin and wickedness and all the people who have been following the way of the world, the flesh, and the devil are taken out of the world, then God's people are going to start really shining. And that uh, Jesus will come and and we will reign with him a thousand years. The Bible teaches us that as well. But he, he says that uh, we need to realize that uh, after this is done, after the wicked are taken out, it says that they'll be cast into a furnace of fire, and there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not going to be a pleasant situation. And I'm not sitting here feeling wonderful about that. I don't feel good that people are going to go to a place like this. And and uh, the Bible refers to it as hell, as fire and brimstone. And people living there forever is not a pleasant thing at all. And the sad thing about it is no one needs to be there. Not one single person has to be uh, in this predicament, in this situation. So um, he says, Then the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. So after this is done, then the righteous will shine forth. And this is also referred to in Daniel as uh, the righteous will shine forth as the brightness of the stars, the brightness of the firmament. So um, the Christians are not doing everything they can do because they're being hindered by uh, people who are 
doing wicked things and discouraging people who are trying to get into God's kingdom, try, doing their best to keep them out, trying to get uh, manage to get prayer and Bible reading out of our schools, which had been there for a long time, that uh, even wanting to get rid of the Ten Commandments and and uh, don't want to have any mention of Jesus in in this nation at all, which was based that was set up on Christian principles, and that's the reason why it has stood so long, the way that it has. <clears throat> and yet we see this happening today, and uh, the Bible refers to the world being set on fire of hell of of the devil and his angels. And things become more frustrating as we try to push God further out of our life, out of our home, out of our community, out of our world. It becomes more and more frustrating. It becomes more confused. And until Jesus comes back and straightens everything out right, the tares are with the wheat. And but the time's going to come when that's not going to happen. And then God's people will shine in his kingdom. And it talks about their father. And Jesus is our father. I mean, God's father. Uh, Jesus is our brother. And, <clears throat> excuse me, then... He says, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. We need to hear what God has to say to us. This is very important. It's something we can't push aside. It's something we got to think about today. you got to think about it right now. Whether you're the tares or whether you're one of the wheat. And realize that you can change over. You can be different. You can have a transformation in your life that will bring you over into God's side. That's what we refer to as being born again, about uh, being a new creature in Christ. We're coming upon our next break, and I don't want to pass it by like I did the last time. And so we're on our, our next break, and I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and I'm hosting... Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. This is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. The tares and the wheat have been growing together from the very beginning. This is not a new thing at all. And, but as the coming of the Lord gets nearer, then the terrorists have a bigger grip than what the Christians do. The, and the Bible refers to this as if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And many of the foundations that this world has stood on have been destroyed. And one of those is the absolute truth that the Bible refers to. And when we go to talking about relevant, relevant things, and it's true for you, but it may not be true for me in this kind of thing, then we 
have all kinds of frustration. And we have things like this today going on, and people really don't know uh, what they're here for and how they got here and so on and so forth. Now, people will say, well, yeah, I, I got here because of my parents. And, but uh, how did the world, how did the human race get here? That's a little different story. And um, why did God give us the Bible in the first place? And some people say, well, that's not God's Word. That just contains God's Word. Well, it sounds good, but the truth of the matter is every word that's in this Bible was written by the Lord. He might have, and he did, write through people, but those people were inspired in such a way that every word that is in here is the truth. It It isn't a fable. Some people talk about the fable of, of the creation back in the beginning. Well, that was not a fable. There are fables about creation, but what's in the Bible is not a fable. It's the truth, and so on and so forth like this. But we, we see that this parable... Um, of the wheat and the tares is is just as relevant today as it's ever been. And we need to get serious about the things of God and, and realize that there is a God in heaven that knows every move that we're making, that he is very much interested in us. He gave us his son that we might have life and have abundant life. Jesus is interceding for us. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us, is bringing God's word to us. And and so there's really no reason at all why that we shouldn't be loving and serving God and not be part of the terrors that are all around it. And like I've told you on uh, more than once during this program that there is hope. This is the wonderful thing about the Lord Jesus he came to bring us hope. And there's three things that the Bible talks about is love, joy, peace. You know, those are the things. But he also talks about hope. And he he talks about that that uh, faith. So the three things is love, hope, and faith. And this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It tells us about that. So, you know, we just need to uh, get serious and ask ourselves a few questions. And if we do, we can get the right answers. God will give us the right answers. And so there is coming a day when there's going to be a payday. And we can sow our wild oats if we please. And we can run roughshod over everyone and everything that doesn't believe the way we want them to, if we want to, we can do that. But there comes a time when those wild oats bring a harvest. And um, this is referring to the harvest today. That, uh, And so we need to be on the right side. If we're on God's side, then things are a lot different. You know, Abraham Lincoln was said, uh, someone said, I hope that God is on my, on our side of the battle, you know, there was, and Abraham Lincoln said, I hope that we're on God's side, not God on our side. 
And so it's so much, you know, we want to tell God what to do, how to do it, when to do it. If he doesn't do it that way, then we don't want to have anything to do with him. He he didn't uh, heal my uh, sick loved one. He let the person go through terrible things, and and uh, I'm mad at God because of that. Or he didn't give me my the thing that I wanted to have, and, and uh, I really needed that. And and uh, so we're mad at God for that. And a lot of people are mad at God because he didn't do things the way that they thought he should. But I'll guarantee you one thing: God will always do what's right. And you look back over things that that you thought, well, God should have done it that way. You look back over years later and you said, you might just say, I'm sure glad that God didn't listen to me and do it the way that I wanted to. What a mess I would have been in if he had. But at the time that you're going through it, you you might think, oh, I just have to have this. God's just got to do this for me. And yet God has a greater plan for us than what we did. God can see ahead. He knows what might be ahead for us, and it might look good at the present. And that's one of our problems, too. We we don't think about the future. We just think about how it is now and what I can have now. And what you know. And we need to think about, well, what kind of result will this have, not only on me, but on my family, on my community, on my nation, on my world today, because we can communicate over the internet just like i am now and there's over two billion people that can could uh, potentially hear what i'm having to say now but it, it never has been quite that way before but you know uh because of this it's so important that we do the right thing because what we do does affect other people we we are uh, we are in a sense our brother's keeper and um Things like this, we need to think about this today. We need to really get serious in our hearts and lives about what really, what is life anyhow? And am I living it to the full? And you can. It doesn't make any difference what kind of circumstance you're in, what kind of physical health you're in, what kind of mental health you're in, or whatever, or the kind of uh, environment that you're in. You can have joy and love and peace and all these, this fruit of the Spirit that I refer to, the rivers of living water. You can have this if you're willing to pay the price for it. If you're willing to just give your life completely to the Lord and let Him take possession of everything in your life, and you'll find out that life becomes greater, not less. It, a lot depends on what is controlling us. If our carnal appetites are controlling us, we're in bad shape. And definitely if the devil's controlling us, we're in really bad shape. But if God is in charge, if we're letting God be God in our lives, then life takes on a wonderful meaning. Because God is a wonderful God that wants the very best for us and is willing to shed on us the very best that we could possibly have. So you're not having the best in life until you're living completely to God. You don't really even understand what could be for you unless you're really letting God have his wonderful way today. It is possible 
But you know, in just the next few moments, I want to talk about something that the Lord showed me recently, that a big part of our trouble in our church and out of our church is people are cynical. They they uh, have seen things happen that they didn't think should happen, and, and they become very cynical. But the thing about being cynical is that the first three letters of of that word is sin. And cynicism will lead us into sin every time because we'll take the wrong attitude toward things and and we'll... Uh, a lot of the reason why that people are denying God and because they're cynical of the Bible, uh, you notice, you see what I'm talking about, that, that because of the cynicism that came upon our nation and upon our world and people have thrown out the the idea that I'm talking about right now of turning your life over to the Lord then uh, people become very cynical and so they've built things around that that they can kind of get through it and hope that this is the only life that they have to get through and they try to make the best out of this life and things like this, and it just isn't working. It is not working. We need another way. If we keep going the same way we're going, we're only going to find ourselves in a worse condition today than we are now, uh, than we were yesterday, and worse tomorrow. It's not going to get any better until we're willing to make the change of uh, taking the Bible as the Word of God, taking Jesus as being our Savior, and the, the old truths that are still just as true today as they've ever been, they don't change with time or with circumstance or with situations around it. And so I, I just want you to think about this a little bit and just let God speak to you today. We're, and uh, the books that I've written that are being talked about and being advertised, you can find them on uh international-lighthouse-ministries.com. The uh, Deceitful Masters is no more. We've, we changed the title of our website to um, international-lighthouse-ministries.com. And you can find it a number of other places and, and so just type in my name, Howard Eugene Wright, in Amazon, and you'll find all my books there. But I want to encourage you to take those and, and use them. So uh, we come to the close of our program. I'm Howard Eugene Wright. I'm closing out Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. 